My name is Amanda Ganyo. I was born and raised in California, but now I live in Ghana, West Africa. Living in a foreign land, for me, when Austin and I first got married and we moved to Ghana, at first it was exciting. It was like an adventure. And then after that, you know, excitement kind of wore off, then there was this kind of feeling of loneliness, of isolation. If you don't have anybody that you can lean on, then you have to lean on God. We were always on the road and we were never really developing friends and community where we lived. But in 2015, we were able to, to start a church in Tamale. And God just put people in that church that it gradually grew and provided that community. He gave us people in our lives that we could lean on. And uh, we definitely needed that. It's hard to connect with people. Um, it's hard to get past the, the cultural differences, the language barrier, the, the different backgrounds. It's, you know, it's hard to get all past that, but I feel like Christ is the commonality between Christians. If that is at the center of your relationship, I feel like that's what makes it possible. Who is that guy? I know that's what you're thinking. Hey, it's good to see you. My name's Kyle, and I'm one of the ministers here for five weeks. I've got under my belt. And I, we should start with that statement she just said, the commonality. Yeah. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. We'll see you in a few more months. Um, but begin with the commonality in Christ. I know I feel like a little bit of a stranger, but I'm so excited to get to know many more of you. The few I've, I've met, we've been so excited. It's been a warm welcome. But my family and I just can't wait to finally get moved over here and, and ready to just, in, in just in get ingrained in the life and community of, of PCC. We're excited to do that. My boys, you know, that we're closing on our house in a couple weeks, and they're just like, we don't get it. It's empty. Why can't we move in and be done with this travel? back and forth, but it's like, no, we have to wait. <laughs> right, the house is empty. Why can't we move in? <laughs> so we're excited to do that. I'm excited that Luke and Steve uh, offered the invitation for me to join this study of First Peter and to journey with you this morning as we open God's Word and, and look at this. You know, anytime you start to communicate, whether it's writing or speaking, any way you're going to communicate, you always open the door for miscommunication, for it to be misunderstood, or for it to be just badly interpreted, or maybe somebody can't hear you, they just see your lips moving, and they start to like lip read what you're trying to say. You know, if you lip read, it goes south real quick. Today is the first day of NFL football Sunday, right? Right? Yeah, I mean, that's, yes, let's acknowledge that. <laughs> and in light of that, I have a demonstration to whet your appetite for game day today, but also show you how lip reading can go bad real quick. Check this out. You know, back then I was a little baby, sweet and greasy. Gotta love bread. I know. You know, there's sandwich bread over there oh, next yeah. to the coffee. I eat bread in the bathtub. Okay, that's gross to me. There's a lot I've been feeling lately. Uh, why is there a hearse at my house? Night screams. The new fun of the kids. Billy, Billy. My Billy. Billy, where are you, Billy? So I need to talk to you regarding money. I stomped on all the fun chunks. My grief has a scent, like suffering. A rusty navel? How'd it get rusty? Look at this bug. It's an honor to meet you. 
my lord. Winkle, winkle, wink, whittle ghost, and kiss a pickle as you haunt your tree. <laughs> oh, great song, yeah. yeah. If I could have every eye up here just for the next few seconds, at least if this is the only time this morning, <laughs> friends, there are no mistakes. There are no bad lip reading moments going on. There's no miscommunication. It can't be misunderstood. There are no mistakes. When we look at this text of what Peter is calling his fellow readers, the high view that we understand God has of his people and what is expected of us, there's no mistakes. The section of scripture that we're gonna be looking at this morning concludes the intro to Peter's letter. And it has the, the high view of God, but it has the most important statements that Peter will write addressing his readers and for you and I to take encouragement from today. Let's read the text. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, the chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The text we're looking at today opens up with, as you come to him. As you come to him, symbolizing you should never stop coming to him. That there's no retirement age on coming to Jesus. There's no status that you'll get. Hey, I'm a dad now or I'm a grandma now that I have to stop coming to Jesus. This is to be perpetual, never ending. If we were to take a barrel and put all the mysteries of Christ in them, it's not like you're going to search and get to understand all the mysteries of Christ and one day finally get to the bottom one and say, oh, I've solved all the mysteries of Jesus Christ. I got that licked. I am done. It will never happen. As you come to him, Peter's inferring, please, you've got to continue to come to him. Why? Because when you come to him, you become like him. It says that we will come to Jesus, the living stone, but then in the next sentence it says, because you will become like living stones yourselves. When you come to him, you become like him. Now we have to notice too that he uses this word living. It's interesting because already in this short intro, we've heard living hope, we've heard the living word of God, and now we have the living stone. So we have to remember who is Peter writing to. He's writing to fellow Christians scattered, 
strangers on this earth. And he's writing them. And he's using this living, living, living. Because you're facing persecution. You're facing suffering. You're facing unknown. You could be full of fear. And yet Peter's writing living, living, living. We can't miss this, church. As we acknowledge or confess that we have a relationship with Jesus, it's got to be living. And so what Peter does is he gives us this illustration. He lays us out this, this beautiful image for us to understand. Last week, towards the end of Steve's message, he, ta- he talked about craving the spiritual milk. And then in Peter, in the text, it says, as you come to him, you will become like him, a living stone, and you will be built into this strong spiritual house. Friends, this is an illustration of what discipleship is. This is an illustration of what spiritual formation will do. This is a pathway where we come to him and we start to crave spiritual milk. And then we continue to come to Jesus. And he makes us like himself, a living stone. And he uses us to build this spiritual household. I am just honored and delighted that the leadership of PCC would entrust this role to me. As, as I get to lead the pathway of discipleship here for all of us. As you can imagine, we have a lot of different people here in our uh, church. We've got really young people, and we've got really a lot of people with life experience <laughs> and wisdom. And we need that wisdom so badly. We need it. Generation stands on the shoulders of the, next gen- uh, the generation previously. We, we need it. But we've also got stories going on. We've got people talking about divorce. And we've got people who are thriving in marriage. We've got people overcoming cancer. And we've got people losing jobs. The, the stories are wide and many. And the cry of my heart and the vision of PCC is that we continue to develop a pathway that each of us, every single one of us, can get inserted into a pathway and grow and keep coming to Jesus and to keep being made into his image and that we can make a strong spiritual house. And so it is my delight and honor to journey with you and and find out Where are we at and how can we all just keep growing? Peter lays it out for us. He gives us two pillars in this letter that now we're going to talk about. The first one is foundation and the second one is fruition. The foundation and the fruition. What he does in verse 4 is he talks about the foundation. That we're going to be built on the living stone. Then he expounds on that in verses 6 through 8. But in verse 5, he says, by the way, here's what's going to be the expectation. Here's what's the fruition of that foundation. And then he expounds on that in verses 9 and 10. So Peter lays out these two pillars, and then he expounds on both of them. And that's how we'll continue to spend our time. So let's talk about the foundation. Peter, when he does this, he quotes from the Hebrew Bible, Isaiah 28 and Psalm 118. And he's saying, this is the stone you want to build your life on. And he's recalling this, this from, from ancient texts. And he says, this is the cornerstone. You see, people actually reject this stone. And that's the stone God said, whoa, 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 whoa. You do not want to reject this stone. This is the very stone you want to build your life on. Because it's the very stone that I'm going to ultimately build the church on. 
And so he, he lays this out. Now, our foundation is incredibly important to who we are, who we will become, and who we will not become. Even from an early age, we find a way to manipulate and maneuver to find our feet a foundation. <laughs> we work and work. We try to get up. And the question is, is will the foundation last? Like, will, will it last? No. <laughs> I'm out. I sniff a new bone. I'm out. Uh, friends, if I'm open and honest, there have been many times in my life where I have started to slide over to think I can stand on a different foundation than Jesus. Many of you have probably committed this same act as well. Every foundation that is not Jesus Christ, it's gonna slip right out from underneath our feet. Peter's addressing people, Christians, who are facing persecution, suffering, saying, friends, hang in there, hang in there. The cornerstone, remember this foundation. Now this has implications two ways, individually, and corporately as our church. This is why Matthew records Jesus' words when Jesus said this. Now, the white words, I want you to say really nice and loud with me as, we, as, as I read through this. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. like a person who builds a house on solid Though the rain comes in and torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it because it is built on bedrock. The wise rock won't collapse. The wise rock won't collapse. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, man, it's foolish. It's like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And then Paul says it like this, which is a lot like Peter, what we just read. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to come f to follow him. Let your roots, what, grow down deep into him so that your lives can be built up on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you are taught. Your faith will grow strong. Guys, that's what we want. We want you to not only proclaim the name of Jesus, but man, your faith to be strong. We want it to be strong. There's a, there's a, a quote I've held dear to my heart for some time now, and it comes from an old preacher named P.T. Forsyth. And he, he said this, that unless there is within us that which is above us, we shall soon yield to that which is about us. Unless there is within us that which is above us, we shall soon give way, succumb, yield to that which is around us. Again, remember, Peter is writing to, and his readers are facing persecution. It's suffering. It's hard. It's scary. And yet, it's almost like Peter saying, wait, wait, listen, listen. Guys, unless there's within you that which is above you, you're going to fall victim to that which is around you. Friends, you and I, this is important for us. The community and the world do not make any apologies for its views of Jesus and Christianity. Unless there is within us that which is above us, we will soon yield to that which is around us. And we can't have that happen. We've got two ministries 
launching this fall that are going to help in that pathway. As our home groups launch, and we want you to model the Acts 2 church where we sit around a table together and we, we eat together and, and we have spiritual conversations where we can talk about how is our faith hitting real life. This is imperative for Christians to do. The New Testament is full of one another's. And our home groups provide this experience where we can gather and talk. Because listen, the world is hard to live in. Parenting, it can get weary. We need, we need spoken into. Marriage can be hard. We need encouraged. Life takes its toll. And as we gather around the table together, we can become the Acts 2 church and help strengthen each other. Equip you is something that's going to be launched later this fall. And that's exactly what the name says. It's to equip you because the hardest and, and biggest gap for a lot of Christians attending church are once they go out, they really don't know how to communicate their faith. And if we're going to be honest and understand that there's a community and a world around us that becomes less interested in Jesus and less interested in church, then we have to be ready. How do we truly have engaging conversations about what we believe and what it's done for us? We have to stay focused on that. And these are just a couple of the ministries that we're excited to launch to help, empower, encourage, and overall just equip you to go strong in your faith to make sure you have within you that which is above you. Some of you might recognize this, this picture or remember this story from uh, San Francisco. It's the Millennium Tower. It's a 58-story skyscraper. Big, fancy, luxurious condos. Joe Montana had one, around $4 million. Just a fun fact for you. This opened in 2009. Today, it has sunk 17 inches into the soil, and it's leaning 14 inches to the northwest. As you can imagine, the residents are a little concerned. <laughs> They're concerned, why? Because the foundation has been jeopardized. Now, yes, I've only got five weeks under my belt here. Yeah, there was an interview process. But here's what I know. The elders of this church and the leadership of this church are razor sharp focused with their vision that we will do nothing, build no ministry, do nothing further than that which is built on the sure foundation of Jesus Christ, his word empowered by his spirit with Jesus as the head of the body. We don't want to go in any direction just because it's our desire or we think it's cool or it's an opinion or it's just something we, we like and think. It's a sure foundation and we will not move forward without it being fully on that because that will, is what will provide a spiritual household to be built. We all are living stones, but when we come together, the power that God can do in this community, well, it's hard to pin those words sometimes because it's amazing because he does more than we can imagine or ask. And so for us, we have to understand Jesus Christ, he won't weather, crack, break, fade away, wash out or disintegrate or run out from underneath our feet. It is the sure, solid foundation that we individually and as a body need to be allowing him to build our lives upon. That's the foundation. Let's talk about the fruition. This is where it gets into some 
cool words if you've been in church world. If you haven't been in the church, I'll confess some of these just sound like church words, and we'll get to it. I hope you understand. But this is where we get told, but you, you are a chosen people. You're a holy nation. You're a royal priesthood. And he says, but you're a people belonging to God. Some translations say you're a special possession. That word chosen, that's got the power to really move you when you think about it and consider the weight of it. The other day, I decided to spend most of my office hours counting how many humans are on earth, and this is the number I came up with, 7,728,128,150. I did not spend time counting. I looked that up online, just to be clear. You know what Psalm 139 tells us? Psalm 139 is the psalm where it says, I know the words before they're even on your, on your tongue. I know when you sit, when you rise, I know when you come and when you go. That's Psalm 139. You know what Psalm 139 tells me and what it should tell you? That we don't have one seven billionth of God's attention. I have 100% of God's attention. And you have 100% of God's attention. And so do you, and so do you. This is huge. You are known. He saw the unformed body and said, press play, I want that. And he has made it. You are known and you are chosen. The reason this is important is because it's easy to get lost in numbers. And it's easy to start to think, yeah, God saved me, but, you know. No, you are chosen and designed in a certain way that is uniquely edifying for the kingdom of God. What's even harder for us to picture is zooming out is us as a church have been chosen by God. All the different stories in our, in our congregation right now, of all the people that call Plainfield home, of all these people, all the different stories, God has chosen us to be together. God has chosen us, all the stories to intersect right now, be together, and, and build the spiritual house that he once built right here on Dan Jones Road for this community. Like, he has chosen this. But when we are unaware of that and don't let that be the vision of our lives, then, then we lose sight of it. You, you are chosen. The second and third words he uses are royal priesthood and holy nation. And, and that can get pretty churchy real quick. But, but there's a reason for this. You see, the whole story started back in Genesis 12. When God selected Abram, he said, you know, I'm going to call you Abraham, and I want you and your people to live a certain way, and you're going to be my, you're going to be blessed, and I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing to the other nations around you, and he says, that way the other nations will see my goodness through you, and they will come to know Yahweh as their God and Savior. And so then we get through into the Exodus story and, and they get across the Red Sea and they're in the wilderness and it seems like, man, this is kind of, we're, we're losing our, our way here. And, and God reminds them, no, 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 no. Listen to this. You are my treasured possession. He says, you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. It's the story of God 
It's never going to change. He wants his people to live and breathe and move a certain way that's in him so that others will come to know him. And then we have the exact same story here in Peter. Jesus has brought salvation, and now the followers of Jesus find themselves scattered around. It could almost be another wilderness, if you will, image-wise. And Peter says, no, 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 no. The story of God will continue. Remember this. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Friends, holy, like Steve said last week, it's just to be set apart. And you and I, when we say we're following Jesus, there should be something magnificently different about our lives. And it's what others will see, and it's how, it's, it's God's plan. It's his mission. It's what he set in motion for us to do. And then he says, remember, you're a chosen people. You're a special treasured possession. He then expounds on that and says again, and he quotes Hosea, a prophet. He says, remember, you once weren't a people of God, but now you are a people of God. And he says, once you weren't in mercy, but now you are. Friends, my stomach gets real sick when I think about the days before God, when I was out of mercy, before I was the people of God. And if you sit and think about your days pre-Christ, I think you'll probably get nauseous as well. Peter is almost just reminding them, hey, you're the people of God now. You are redeemed. You're considered holy by the blood of Jesus, and you're chosen to live this mission out. It's basically Peter saying, I don't care what your story or your situation is. Lift your chin up, lift your head up, hold your head up high. You are holy, dearly loved children of God. You are his special possession. And that is what we all, that's the mantle under which we get to live our lives. But if we don't recognize that and dwell on that, we get caught up in just a, just a mundane life, day in, day out. And we lose our mission and we lose vision. And we can't have that. This is what brings unity and, 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 and celebration in the church is because we all realize I'm being made a living stone. And when he gets to be a living stone, and when she gets to be a living stone, man, when we get connected, man, there's a strong unity in there, and God's doing immeasurably more than we could do individually. And, and all these stones start to come together, and we start to reach this county and surrounding counties because God is working through us. It's us laying our life down for the, for the vision and the mission of God. So as we get ready to continue worshiping through song, I've got some questions for you. As we talk about the foundation, some of you might not ever have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and said, yes, I want to build my life on the foundation of Jesus Christ. You've been around. You just haven't, you haven't made the decision. Steve and Luke come down. They, they love to talk to you as, as we worship. But if I could, I would just like to spend a couple moments just talking to the Christians of this room. You see, in light of what we've read, in light of what we've studied, I would just think that there's possibly some conversations that could happen. 
as you drive home or as you eat dinner tonight with your family. And then that's this. You as a family, as your fall schedule gets kicked in and you start doing things, are, are you starting to slide over on the foundation? And do you need to recalibrate and make sure, no, guys, hey, listen, as a family, we've started kind of slipping up here. And we need, we need to sure some stuff up. Guys, we need to be built on nothing but Jesus. That needs to be our focus. Which leads into the whole, what God has put over your house, what God has put over you individually. <laughs> that you are chosen, that you are in the eyes of God, this royal priest and this holy nation, that, that you are to be the example of what it's like that, man, once I was out, but now I'm in. Once I had not tasted the goodness of God, but now I've tasted it and my life is changed. Here's how that manifests. You lay your life down. And as a family or as a couple or as an individual, maybe you have a hard, realistic conversation and say, you know, I haven't laid my life down for this. As a church, we encourage you to surrender your home, to dedicate your home. But that's just symbolic of surrendering your life that God... As a family unit, we want to surrender our home. We want to dedicate it and be yours. I mean, full on be yours. There's serving opportunities. Do you understand the unique gifts that you have? You can't just sit on those. Like the kingdom doesn't advance with that kind of philosophy, right? But guys, I understand. I've got four boys. I've got a marriage, job, and running around. Life takes its toll, and it blurs the vision of what God has called you to do with your life. So I'm just asking for you to wholeheartedly survey your life, your calendar, your family, and your dedication right now and the ways that you can plug in, serve the kingdom of God, and how that works here at PCC and how you can help us. Just so that all of us as living stones can be at God's use to build a beautiful spiritual house here for this community that is longing for what is true, right, good, and holy. And that's only found in Jesus. We're the plan, guys. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this week. Let's worship and sing of this good grace.